He's scared out of his mind. He's been running for his life for days now. Throat's parched. He's only wearing the clothes on his back and the sandals on his feet in this parched and weary land. The threat seems real enough. This wicked queen has said within the next 24 hours, he's going to get chopped up into bits. And he thinks she's for real because he's done the same to a lot of his prophet friends. At the same time, this prophet has experienced the incredible. He's just come from his own mountaintop experience where God Almighty showed up in power and took out these 450 prophets and their God Baal in this who can get the barbecue started without a match contest. You would think he's confident, this Billy Graham kind of a prophet, but here he is running for his life, so afraid. That was yesterday. It's foggy now. Have you ever been there when life just suddenly turns a corner and there's a crisis facing you? You come home from camp, experience on this high. Next thing you know, you're in class and you fail this test that determines where you get into college. Your marriage starts off great and then one day, I'm just not sure I love you anymore. Crisis hits us out of nowhere. Car accidents, doctors telling us we have some illness. How do we face it? We've been marching through the series on First Kings called Kings and Prophets, where we've looked at how God spoke through the prophets to kings and their interactions with him and how those affect our lives today. Today we're going to look at Elijah in particular, this prophet who he went from the mountaintop to the valley of the shadow of death in a heartbeat. And we're going to see how God met him there in his isolation. If you have your Bible or Bible app, or uh, you're welcome to turn there. 1 Kings chapter 19. It's right after 2 Samuel, about a quarter of the way through your Bible. Or you're welcome to follow along on the screen. You'll remember if you were here with us last week that Dan talked about this mountaintop experience where God showed up in power over the poser prophets and their poser God and did an incredible work. But the next thing you know, he's being hunted by this wicked queen Jezebel of the northern kingdom of Israel. She's bent on revenge. Let's see his response in verse 3. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Pretty understandable response, right? I mean, we, we should all think we'd have a little fear if somebody were, were hunting us. In particular, if the person's been known to be doing these ISIS-style murders one after another. 
over the past months. But at the same token, we have this spiritual giant, this, this Billy Graham of a man who's just come from the mountaintop, who's seen God do incredible things, not only there, but also the three years without rain, providing through a widow. He's seen amazing things. Where did his confidence go? It's like fight or flight is set in, and he's in flight mode. He's trekking 112 miles from up there in Jezreel down to Beersheba. You can see it on the map. Where did your confidence go? Why are you running away, Elijah? Wonder, sitting here today, if we feel any sense of worry about events, what crisis is we're facing. I like how one theologian comments on Elijah's reaction. He says, he forgets to think theologically and instead reacts to circumstances. He forgets to think about God. Isn't that how it goes? We're we're trying to go along in life and a crisis comes and instead of involving God, we just react. We just forget to pray. Well, let's see how Elijah reacts to this threat in verse 4. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. I'm done here. I'm giving up. I'm thrown in the towel. I can't take it anymore. Take my life. Anyone been there before? It wouldn't surprise me that there might be some in this room even today who are at the end of their rope, out of hope. My heart goes out to you. I want you to know you're not alone. I hope you'll listen closely to this story of Elijah listen to what happened with him. He's right there. He's wanting to die. Not just go to heaven, but die. He's not thinking well theologically. But you know what I appreciate about this prayer? I love his honesty. I so appreciate him being truthful with right where he's at. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't kind of, well, I'm doing okay. He's vulnerable before God and exposes exactly where he's at. You know, I think in our culture today, we struggle to be honest like this. We're we're kind of shown that we should put on that face that everything's okay. Be it at work or in the locker room. 
Don't reveal what's really going on. Even sadly within the church, there can be this facade that we're supposed to wear. Because we are, after all, more than conquerors through him who loved us, right? And Jesus is alive and we should be doing great. But that's not how it always is. See how Elijah concludes his honest, burned out prayer. Verse 5. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. I wonder how much of Elijah's state was due to exhaustion. And how much was due to thinking poorly theologically. He's just tired. Worn out. I've had enough. He'd been pushing, pushing, pushing. Yes, seeing the miraculous, but also facing people who hated him and wanted him dead. He'd seen violence, seen bloodshed. Right now, he's just on empty. How many of us go through life as though we're indestructible, invincible? I'll let you in on the last couple months of my life went like this. In April, I was finishing up my final class for grad school while working full-time as a pastor at this church that I love trying to raise a soon-to-be high school boy, a 12-year-old soccer nut, and a 10-year-old princess. Trying to date my wife so she remembers how wonderful she is. And then, oh man, remember I promised by next summer we would have this remodel done of this room that's now vacant in our house. Okay, I'll take a week off of vacation time. And hit it hard. Get her done. With a little help from my friends. Little help. Big job. May comes. Still working. It's Mother's Day weekend though. I got to graduate on, on Saturday. Down in Seattle. Preach on Sunday. Mother's Day. Oh, Don't forget to get a gift for your wife. And, and try and get the kids to do something. Ooh, look at the calendar week ahead. Do you, you realize you just you signed up a year ago to do a uh, concert, a benefit concert, to sing a couple Disney songs and an opera for, for the Skookum kids? Oh, my. And then the day after that, you're supposed to be in this disc golf tournament, and you didn't do so well the last one, so you better get practicing. Early morning, though. Combine it with some running and, you know, cross-train. By that week. My stomach was starting to churn, starting to hurt. By that Monday, it was all systems stop. My my stomach had led a full-fledged rebellion, and it was telling me, "Mm -mm, no, 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 you do not play like this. We're done here. 
had to go in and out of doctor's appointments the next couple of weeks, taking time off work. Thankfully, through your prayers, through the touch of God, through rest, recalibrating, I'm feeling much better. Let's look at what happened with Elijah, how his life was touched by God, touched by an angel. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank, and they lay down again. Isn't God gracious? Isn't he compassionate? He gave Elijah exactly what he needed. There he was, cowering in fear, all alone. And God comes to him in that moment. And what did he do? He touched him with an angelic hand. How, how badly do we need to be touched when we are going through these sorts of trials? Dr. Satir a respected family therapist had a saying, we need four hugs a day for survival. We need eight hugs for maintenance. And we need 12 hugs for growth. Now, I'm already at about seven today. How you doing? Some of the non-huggers are like squirming. Don't like that. Don't worry, we won't force hugs. God, go, God gave Elijah exactly what he needed. A touch, food, and water. And then he let him rest again. And then gave him more food and water. Let him go on a 40-day wilderness trek. Where he'd eventually meet with him in amazing experience. Before he gave him his final mission. We'll hear about that next week with Tim. Sometimes, you know what, in my life, I've been the terrible taskmaster. Like the last couple months. Pushing too hard. Other times, I've kind of seen God as this taskmaster. Standing over me like some drill sergeant. Get up, son! What are you doing sitting there on the ground? Don't you know we got work to do? There's people to serve. We got to be the hands and feet in Jesus. Down and give me 20 and then get out there. Give me a break, man. I'm struggling here. But that's not God's heart towards us. Listen to the words of God spoken, sung through the words of David in Psalm 103. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. He remembers that we are dust. We get tired. 
We get frustrated. We get grumpy, hungry, thirsty, hopeless, discouraged, despondent. Jesus clarified who God is when he called him Father. And then later, the Apostle Paul wrote even more tenderly, calling God Abba, Daddy. Oh, what a term of affection. Friends, today, God, our Father, He's wanting to speak tenderly to us. To put his hand on the shoulder of the mom of young children who is exhausted. To encourage the high school graduate who didn't quite get the grades to make it into the four-year university. Doesn't know where he's going. And the college graduate who can't find a job And she's saddled with multiple thousands of dollars of loans. He wants to put his hand on your shoulder. And say he's with you. To give you exactly what you need. You who are struggling with alcoholism. Eating disorders. Depression. You who are single and want to be married. You who are married and want to be single. He was... Wanting to put his arm on your shoulder. To wrap you in his embrace. To tell you he's got this. He's your father. He loves you. I'd like to share some ways that God's helped me over the last couple of years. As I've faced discouragement. Been overwhelmed. I need four volunteers, one from each section. If you'd come forward just to pass out these papers for me. Do I have four four people who'd be up for doing that? Thank you. I developed these, these ideas because I kept falling into the same trap of discouragement. Different seasons, different reasons, but the same stinking feeling of overwhelmed. And then finally I was like, you know, there, I, I know that God has taught me things through his word. Helpful things that I could shortcut this process and get out of this hole quicker. So this is kind of the best of from that list after talking to a couple therapists in the congregation uh, and getting input from them and looking at the life of Elijah and how they line up. So let's take a look at these in turn. What to do when overwhelmed? First thing, remember that God is with you everywhere. So think theologically. Now, I know this is a no-brainer. It's like, duh, of course, Jesus. But I know I have found that when I am in duress, when I'm under duress and stress is pounding on me, I don't just naturally think about God being with me. I forget, just as Elijah did, as he seemed to just take off running. Second, and closely related to that, Pray about whatever is discouraging you right when you find out you're becoming discouraged. You know, it took Elijah a while to get there. 
but he did eventually talk to God. Although he didn't really pray for God's help, he was just calling it quits. Pray, God wants to help you. He cares for you so much. Next, don't nurse disappointments and fear. You know, we can just keep replaying and replaying and replaying that same message over and over in our minds. If only I had done this. If only that had happened. What if this happens? Instead of thinking along those lines, how about this? Rehearse the victories out loud. Tell caring people what you are excited about and thankful for. What would have happened if Elijah had rehearsed the victories that he had just experienced very recently? The showdown on Mount Carmel. How it hadn't rained for three years at his word. How would that have encouraged him, changed his perspective? Do you know that our brains, they can actually be changed by the way we think? And if we choose to think positive things, it releases different sets of chemicals than when we release negative things. Now, I'm not talking about mumbo-jumbo self-help stuff. It's just the way God made our brains work. And we have a choice of what we choose to think about. Next, share with a compassionate person when you are feeling discouraged. And don't be ashamed to ask for help. As we'll see in Tim's sermon next week, Elijah thinks he's all alone, that all the other prophets have been killed. He's isolated, but he doesn't need to be. We're surrounded by community. If you're new here, you're on the fringes, you may not know that there's people who love you, who'd go to bat for you today. But there are. And notice this, the key word, if you've got a pen there, circle it, compassionate person. I've had to really work on this in my marriage and with my kids. Because my tendency is, they bring me a problem, I'll fix it. i got all the answers. But there's no compassion there. And what is being asked of me is to listen and to care, to know it's hard. Next, go macro with the perspective. Look at your whole life, the whole globe, all of history in connection with all of his eternity. This is not all there is. You know, Elijah, he, he didn't seem to care about heaven. He just wanted to be dead. He lost sight. It's like the kid who's like, Where's my stuffy? Well, I can't go to bed without my stuffed animal. Let's go to Really? You got 20 other stuffed animals. Perspective. Perspective of the long term. You guys, we are going to get new bodies. Believe that. Amen. We are going to be, as sure as we're sitting here to get today, we're going to be in a much more incredible church experience in heaven. Oh, man. 
in the presence of God. That's a reality. Finally, take care of yourself. Remember that you are a physical being. Sleep, eat, drink, hug. Hug. Remember Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Not more than yourself. Not instead of yourself. Don't be more spiritual than God is. He didn't awaken Elijah to tell him to to pray more. He touched him and said, get up and eat and drink. We're physical. We need touch. We need sleep. We need food. I'd like to invite the worship team to come up at this time. And we're going to sing that song. Good, good father. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. And as we sing these words, I would encourage us to experience that touch from God. To sense his hand on your shoulder. For some of you. Uh, You may not experience much touch in your life. Safe touch. Good touch. We are. We're going to offer the opportunity for you to come forward and and just stand in God's presence here. And and if you'd like to do that, some some people from our council, some elders, some pastors, it may come from the prayer team to just lay a hand on your shoulder and pray for you And, and let that touch from them be like the touch of an angel. That God is there and He cares for you. Will you stand with us as I pray and we enter into song? Our Father, Daddy, we are weak, but you are strong. We need you. We're not made for independence. We need that touch, God, from you. Some more than others today. We pray for those who are in our midst who are really discouraged. Cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel. We pray you would meet them here. You would extend your hand of grace for this day that they'd have enough strength to overcome whatever obstacles face them this day. And that tomorrow they would look to you as well. Be our daily bread. Be our sustenance. Provide for us, Lord, food and drink. Touch, rest for our weary souls. You're not the taskmaster who beats us down. Be with us 